You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. If ADD and ADHD was as big in the 80s and 90s as it is now, both me and my brother would have been on medication. I can see that. <laughs> dead ass, dead ass. And you know, as we are thick into the virtual learning mm-hmm. realm with children, parents and children, I wonder if ch- parents know what to look for in their children behaviorally that will now impact their learning. Dead ass. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm Deval. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. (laughs) Oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married. Yes, sir, we Mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. (laughs) We about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. So this karaoke song means a lot to me, of course, because uh, y'all know DeVal, I love the kids. We love I the love kids. the kids. I love them too, And this man. was an anthem at Prototype when we were doing Prototype. It this was. was an anthem. Oh, I know what talking is. Shout, shout out to, to New York. I ain't going to shout out the artist yet till we after. Okay. All right. All right, all right. See, I, I was very fitting. I wore my New York. I see, see you. New York I see forever. You. It don't matter where I'm at. All right? You look nice. It don't you matter where nice. I'm at. It's New all York right. forever. Me, 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 me. All right, now. Bling, bling. Hey. Bismarck D, I love it. I know I can be what I want to be. If I work hard at it, I'll be where I want to be. I know I can be what I want to be. If I work hard at it, I'll be where I want to be. Hey, hey, hey. I love it. All right, did I? <laughs> 
my song. Yo, let me tell you, this season you've been hitting all sorts of notes and octaves. <clears throat> I think somebody's been practicing for karaoke. We've been in quarantine. It wasn't me though. It's been, we've it been wasn't. in quarantine. For so a you've long been practicing your singing in quarantine. Yes, I have. You heard yeah, that? I've been practicing my baking. <laughs> baking. Baking. Yes. You've been baking. For sure. Not sure as hell than baking. <laughs> all right. Bismardeet. Yes, Bismardeet. That's my new nickname, baby. <laughs> Shout out to Tribble. Tribble. <laughs> I still can't get Tribble's name right. No, you Anywho. Can't. Yes. Story time. All right. So this story time is going to take me back Tell to. Tell me a story. 2014. Okay. I'll never forget. I'm not going to say the young man's name. Because um, y'all probably go find him on Facebook because people are crazy. <laughs> but his mom, me, my brother and I were doing prototype in Brooklyn. Okay. And his mom brought us him to us mm-hmm. because he wanted to be on the football team. Okay, that narrows it down to about 400 kids. Yes. So don't, go look, <laughs> don't go look at him up. And I'm not going to say the school. Uh-huh. But um, she brought him to us. Mm-hmm. And she said his issue is he has behavioral issues. So he's been medicated. He has about a 63 average. She just wants him to graduate high school. That's what she That's said. That's her aim. Her aim was, listen, okay. he's off the rails. I just need him to graduate high school. And um, my brother and I have been used to dealing with children like this because he was 14 at the time. And we were like, um, let's try something different. You know, we're not going to do the whole screaming thing and get upset at him. And so let's uh, let's try to give him accountability first and tell him, listen, if your average does not come up to a 75 after this first semester with us, you can no longer participate in prototype. So a lot of times what we notice is if you give accountability to kids and they're around other kids who exist in that same accountability realm, mm. they'll normally just step up uh, without you having right, to be super Right, because nobody wants to be the... the right, the, they don't want to be the dumb kid. The, right, or the butt of the joke. Yeah. The butt of the joke. Right. So pretty much we since you know you had to have at least an 85, no one wanted to be the dumb kid at prototype. Mm-hmm. So he worked to get his grades up, right? And then um, we asked him seriously, like, what's the matter? He said, man, when I take this medication, I just don't feel good when I'm in school. I'm tired and I feel sluggish. So me and my brother was like talking to his mom. He said, can he stop taking the medication for a semester and see how it goes? His grades went up to an 88. After taking him off the medication. After taking him off the medication. Mm -hmm. And he started a workout program with us and we gave him words of affirmation to say, Whenever he felt nervous. Mm. So remember we used to say, I'm big, I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm, I'm elite, elite, I'm, I'm a, a prototype. prototype. Yeah. That started with this young man because he didn't have confidence. So like if you get nervous before tests, meditate, go to yourself. I'm big, I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm elite. And then we, we spoke words of positivity. You can do this. Like you've already done this. Mm. This young man ended up graduating from high school with an 88 average, attending college, and now has his bachelor's degree. Mm. medication free and medication free yeah. and his mom just wanted him to graduate she wanted him to pass and here this young man was able to go on and do well and excel and go to school she said never in a million years did she think her son would go to college wow and he went on his own merit earned an academic scholarship so that's my my story i'm proud i'm not going to say his name the people who know me probably know this young man because they know who I'm talking about, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to blast them about what his grades were mm-hmm. <laughs> before prototype. But It's not how you start, it's I'm proud how you of finish. Him. That's true, that's true. You know I'm, what I'm I mean? Proud of it him. is how you finish. And he's not the only one. All right, so the new normal, though I really do not want to accept this as like the new normal. They I don't accept like it. It's the new temporary. How about that? <laughs> it's the new interim, okay, okay. if you will. Okay. Um, but whatever this is, has really changed the way our children um, are experiencing education. Yes. But today we're talking about how virtual learning affects children with learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. And um, we're here to gain some insight on how to best support our kids through yes. this transition. Because like I said now, te- parents have assumed the role of teachers and everywhere else in between when it comes yes. to the educational staff. And um, being a, normally in those environments, in school environments, teachers can then right. pick up on a learning uh, disability that a child may have or some sort of behavioral right, behavior um, issue. issue. So now that parents are home with their children, yeah. you know, how do you really hone in on realizing what those things are? How do we differentiate yes. what just may be frustration from the parent right. and um, maybe frustration from the child right. who just may not even understand or the, t- the parent may not understand how to navigate um, such a, a deficit. So we decided to bring in an expert today yes. because we don't know nothing about that side of things we just know our own three kids and we're still learning them (laughs) we are still learning them on a day-to-day basis so allow me to introduce our special guest today dr rima naim rima attended the university of southern california where she completed her bachelor's master's and doctorate 
Dang, you was there a long time. She was there a long (laughs) time. Um, In psychology and occupational therapy, her love for animation and creative nature gave birth to the Senso Kids, four lovable sensory characters whose role is to educate clients and families about occupational therapy and the sensory systems we work with. Dr. Naeem received her SIPT, that's Sensory Integration and uh, Praxis Test certification shortly after opening OT Studios, Inc. and becoming a CAS, which is a Certified Autism Specialist, to expand her knowledge and passion for working with sensory uh, integration. She currently oversees the business and is working on expanding the Senso Kids brand. She is also a fairly new mama as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Clap it up, um, clap it to up. To a beautiful little boy, Xavier. Yes. Thank you for joining us today, Rima. Yes. We're so, much for so happy me. to have you here. Thank you, thank you. And it's amazing that we have you here on the day that your book launched. I know, it's crazy. It actually happened. I've been working on this for five years now, wow. so it's pretty wow. Amazing. Since I opened the clinic, which is five years ago, so That's this is a up. huge accomplishment on my end. No, for sure. <laughs> and what I love is that in speaking with you, Rima, just having past conversations, mm-hmm. you talked about um, how much you were able to or desiring to somehow find a way to use your creativity mm-hmm. when it came to your practical, you know. P- for profession, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm super happy for you. I'm super excited that you were able to navigate this and find a way to integrate um, your creativity and your love for that mm-hmm. into your field of work. Absolutely. I mean, I I initially as a child wanted to be a music video director. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. That was my okay. Dream. You would have been recruiting me then because <laughs> I used to yeah, be a video victim. Yeah, I know. Right? Kay used to drop Dang. in a music video. I was super and I still into. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Just for my husband. Okay. <laughs> no, I was super into like uh, filmmaking and in music and and just the ability to express myself creatively mm-hmm. but um in my culture and my background my family was all you have to be a doctor or a lawyer that industry uh, right, is too right, difficult right. to maneuver through yeah and um i went into occupational therapy got my doctorate and then i the creative bug did not want to leave me the creative never, bug was like does. it's going to come out some way and it came out in my profession which is um something i'm so excited about and proud of that's amazing. Well, I'm, I'm excited about it. And yeah. I, I, you know, read the sensory kids. And one thing that kind of interests me was learning about two new senses. My mm-hmm. whole life. Girl. I was taught about there being five senses. <laughs> I was today years old when I found out that we had seven senses and not five. Yes. Yeah. And I felt mm-hmm. I feel like now I'm doing my children a disservice. I need yes. to take this book home with me <laughs> yes, so yes, that yes. I can introduce the other two to no, my children. No, seriously. Can you can you uh, pretty much break down the, the seven senses or the two a- the additional two senses? The so two additional the, senses. the five that we all know of, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. We all know the five senses. Mm-hmm. But there are two additional senses, and they are the vestibular system and the proprioceptive system. The vestibular system being the movement and balance system. So mm-hmm. basically, let's say if you close your eyes and you move your head right, left, back, forward, you know the direction you're moving right. based upon your vestibular sense, which is located right. in the inner ear. Um, or if you're on a roller coaster and you close your eyes, you know which direction you know which you're going. That's right. your vestibular sense. Okay. Then you have the proprioceptive sense, which is basically muscle activity. So your if I do jumping jacks, the joint receptors are sending connections to my brain that this is what your body is doing in this mm. action, right? Understanding the importance of those two will help when it comes to child development because if you think about the playground and children trying to navigate new, um, the jungle gym Mm -hmm. or new um, activities within the playground setting, some children who are having a hard time processing these sensory, mm. this sensory input or having an issue with praxis, which is basically the um, neurological connection or neurological display of a connection between the cognition and the action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your cognition and your action kind of connectively through the, through the brain. So them having an issue with that is a sensory concern, but a lot of times it will look like the kid is antisocial. Mm. Ah. They don't want to play in the playground. So it surfaces as a behavioral issue. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, she's sitting on the corner because she doesn't want to play with anyone. She doesn't like to engage. No, she may have an issue with praxis. She may have a motor planning issue. Right. Her senses may be affected. So let's get a sensory evaluation done by an occupational therapist before labeling a behavior or ah you know, an issue that may not be that. I mean, I'm not saying it isn't a behavior issue, but, but I'm saying there's something see. else 
that you should consider it being. Right. So it's not just automatically labeling the child. It's exactly. like, okay, do we do our due diligence as a parent to say, you know what, let's have our child see an occupational therapist. So for someone who may not know mm-hmm. what exactly an occupational therapist does, mm-hmm. can you let them know what you do? Absolutely. So as an OT, I'm in pediatrics. OTs are in many different facets and areas, mm-hmm. but um, I am in pediatrics. And what we do is we basically work with children who have autism, developmental delay, sensory processing disorder, um, children who are um, not meeting certain milestones and we do evaluations on them we see exactly what areas are limiting gross motor fine motor social emotional where it is and then we create treatment plans and goals around those um, areas and that's what we do we work with them on achieving those goals um, in the long run so this was crazy right because I saw an occupational therapist um, after my surgery, mm-hmm. and most people do when you're a professional athlete. All mm-hmm. these motor skills, proprioception, vestibular, mm-hmm. I've heard these terms before. Mm-hmm. After you come back from an injury, you have to mm-hmm. retrain your body mm-hmm. to be able to do these things. So, mm-hmm. for example, I remember when I came off my surgery and I broke my finger. I, in the very beginning, I had an issue catching the ball, not mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to catch a ball, but it was working on the motor skill from my finger being ready to catch. So we had to do a bunch of, like, you know, therapy things for me to get yeah. that back. Mm-hmm. So it makes it, it makes me think how many kids probably struggle with those things from young, mm-hmm. and we just pass that off as, oh, this kid is just something's wrong with them without mm-hmm. working on it. Mm-hmm. We're only ready to work on it mm-hmm. as adults when we see it fits for something like athletics. Mm-hmm. But this is important for everyday, everyday Absolutely. interaction. Absolutely. I feel like pediatric OT and just OT in general and under I feel like an understanding of sensory mm-hmm. integration and an understanding of how it can impact or or, or be uh, affect your child's development is important for all parents and all teachers and anyone who's really interacting with a child on a day-to-day basis because understanding that information will help you pinpoint certain things you may mm-hmm. have not thought of and probably not label things as oh this is definitely a behavioral or this got to this got to be this or that no maybe this is sensory related because a lot of things can be sensory related there's a there's a thin line with right. the behavior and the sensory and Yo. just understanding so i feel like part of what what an occupational therapist does is investigative so it's finding out what it, what is. it is and then you're corrective because mm-hmm. if you can correct certain things on an earlier phase right. for the child then it will not impede the progress of their growth and hitting those right. milestones Yes, if a child comes to us with tactile defensiveness when they're maybe three or four, it's easier for us to work with that, or younger, Mm -hmm. preferably. Mm -hmm. But if it's later on in development, it's a lot harder. Tactile defensiveness is what? Um, Defensiveness, too. So basically, if you are wearing something that is itchy or bothersome Uh Mm -hmm. for you and me it might be okay this is just bothersome i can handle it though i can still live my daily life but for someone who has tactile defensiveness it would be a real bothering problem problem Mm -hmm. and it will actually impact their daily life so if they can't articulate that to their parents Mm -hmm. they may come across as a behavioral issue in school if they're wearing a turtleneck that's that's bothering them and you know how many times we've seen this I it, think I've even seen this in Jackson. I used to get those fleeces that you zip, absolutely. Up, zip up here, and he's like, I hate the zipper on my neck. And I'm like, yeah. dude, it's just a zipper. Like and I'm a, saying that as an adult. but No, but as long as it's not impacting his daily life, as long uh, as he's, I mean, I hate certain textures too, and I, but I mm. can still function. Mm. Now, if you can't function, then That's there's different. a there's a, right. a level that need, you need to see someone who can actually work with you. And in OT, as an OT, when we work with these things, we work basically with the neurological system in the clinic all under the guise of play. So the child doesn't realize that what we're doing has a neurological basis. The child is thinking, I'm playing. Right. I have a play date today with Dr. Rima. I have a play date. But what I'm doing really is, Mm -hmm. you know, navigating these um, neurological sensory um, concerns. And and I'll say why that's important, especially from a young age. We got a lot of parents in prototype whose children, whether it was a boy or a girl, who brought their, their children to, brought their children to prototype because they felt like they were antisocial. And they were like, mm-hmm. they need to work out because they're so antisocial, they don't want to go outside. And since they don't want to go outside and they're antisocial, their parents are worried that they won't be good people. You know, like they just, or they're just being loners. being a part of a team, being a part of a team. assimilating mm-hmm. with people, mm-hmm. being so, able to interact. And bringing them the prototype, we worked on these drills, mm-hmm. just taught them how to be sports. And as they became more confident doing these drills because they did it over and over again, mm-hmm. when they got back to their block or their community, they felt more comfortable going outside to play mm-hmm. basketball because their balance was better. They were mm-hmm. a little bit stronger. They were faster. And then they started to develop friends because we all develop 
our society, well, as society, we all develop our friends through play. Totally. So Absolutely. when you make a kid feel more comfortable mm -hmm. with their body, they'll feel more comfortable speaking to another child. And I've seen it firsthand with prototype. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen it just for firsthand in 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 playground settings. Mm -hmm. And I've just been That must just be a great like specimen oh, the area playground for you. is the, the best playground. place. <laughs> yeah, you can mm -hmm. see all kinds of things in the playground. But yeah, yeah it, it it makes you think and then that a lot of the teachers will will identify oh, this kid doesn't want to. or for example, um on the uh, circle time. Mm -hmm. If a child is sitting at circle time and he's rolling around on the carpet and mm -hmm. not paying attention, mm -hmm. the teachers will sometimes think He's got a behavior Behavioral problem. Right. No, maybe it's his vestibular system, his balance and movement sense mm -hmm. that may need, you know, maybe, maybe he's having a hard time processing that inf that feedback and that right. sensory information. So if he's inadequately processing it, then it's unfair to be labeling him as right. having a behavior issue. Right. So get him an OT referral. Let's figure out what this is. What this is. But not knowing about these other two senses. Yeah. Right. You don't know, you don't know right. what about you're these. looking for. Exactly. And you worry. As yeah. a parent, you just worry. So are there any tools that parents can use, I guess, prior to getting to an, an OT hmm. doctor? Are there any tools that parents can use to help identify a child with some sort of sensory issue or deficit, particularly the two that we are referring to that many people don't yeah. know about? Right. So in terms of that, I would think a lot of it is if it, for the younger kids, it would be uh, understanding the milestones, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding your child's level of meeting certain social mm -hmm. milestones. If you're catching it in an early, early phase, it's make sure that they're reaching their developmental milestones. Mm -hmm. Later on, I would I mean, personally, I would suggest getting an evaluation just because we have specific standardized evaluations, the sensory okay. profile, the sensory processing measure, and then we also have the sensory integration and praxis test, mm -hmm. which will identify. Um, so the tool, I would say in identifying the tools, it would most likely be a standardized assessment. Mm. Um, getting that done if you see certain characteristics in your child, like the ones we were talking about. Dope. This is funny how we, even as an adult, you characterize someone as being socially awkward and you notice that they have, they're physically awkward as well. And you never think that they may be socially awkward because they've always been physically awkward. Mm -hmm. So they've mm -hmm. always separated themselves from people and mm -hmm. now they're socially awkward because they were always physically awkward. Mm -hmm. uh, awkward. But I have a question. Mm -hmm. How are parents, because parents are struggling with this, if for the past year almost, well it hasn't been a year, it'll be a year. Feels like March. a year though. It feels <laughs> the longest year ever. Longer. But when you have children who cannot go to the classroom setting, right? So there is no carpet time, rug time, like right. there's no kids, interaction there's with no children interaction. anymore. Yeah. Children are literally sitting at the computer and then coming to talk to their parents. How can parents like mm -hmm. begin to look for these signs at home? Because you mm -hmm. don't want to spend a whole year. We don't know how long we're going to be like this. Absolutely. And so many milestones can be hit can, within yeah. a year. D even so just many. depending on the child's age range. I mean, right. mm -hmm. most of them we look for, I, I would say, is it safe to say or when they're younger, like in a couple months? And, I would and years, definitely look for everything the earlier the, the, the earlier better. the better. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I know the CDC has a checklist that you can download for mm -hmm. free um, that kind of gives you an idea of what milestones your child should be meeting at mm -hmm. certain points. Um, so following those milestones, making sure you're with your pediatrician. Your pediatrician is also looking at this stuff too. Right. So communicating any concerns to your pediatrician. Mm -hmm. um, but as for virtual learning, um, yes, uh, it's definitely a cause, it's, it's definitely a concerning thing when you mm -hmm. have a child who may have sensory concerns yeah. and they're in home with a <laughs> with the inability to do much so movement breaks are huge being able to take movement breaks yes um, understanding that they may need to do the proprioceptive jumping jacks and yes. get a little bit of vestibular you know uh, movement so going the importance of recess recess yes, yes. Necessary. absolutely yes. important mm -hmm. um there are things like fidget toys that are huge you i just, just said that's okay about the he fidget did. spinners yes not only that but chewing i don't know if you were one of these people but chewing on your pencil uh, a lot of the kids pencil. have these little chewy, the little chewy things that you can chew on instead oh. of the pencil. Mm -hmm. um, proprioception, that's your jaw muscle activity, kind See? of giving you some sort of ability to fo little, maintain a little more attention, a little focus. Mm -hmm. um, even, even the sense of taste, like mm -hmm. eating things like sour candy or something that alerts you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, little things like that to just stimulate, oh, stimulate and awaken. Yeah. Now, yeah. this is important. 
because Jackson mm-hmm. is the one kid who will always be like, I need something. I got to eat something. And he's always, and it makes you wonder. I thought it was just him being a growing boy. So I'm like, mm-hmm. he's going to eat me out of the house and home soon. Do you ever watch him when he's on his computer? Yeah. Whenever he's on his computer, he's always doing something else while sitting on the computer. Yeah. He's yeah. always, he, he has his phone. And sometimes I'm like, put your phone down. Mm-hmm. Then he'll put his phone down. Then he'll have his pencil. He's like twirling his pencil. And I'm just like, bro, right. what is wrong with you? Like, sit still. But that's when I had to check myself. And say, maybe I shouldn't tell him to sit still. Mm-hmm. I should find something for him to do. Maybe that's helping modulate his sensory arousal level so that it's at optimal level of arousal where he's maintain, able to maintain the, the focus and attention needed. Um, right. And I think that's great that he's found. Now, if, there was a, if, if he was unable, mm-hmm. if it was impeding his chances of focusing right. entirely and he was not getting anything done, then I would say, okay, this is a right. cause for concern. But if right. he's finding ways to modulate his arousal level and get himself to focus, then that's actually not something to to judge but to encourage okay that helps you if sitting on a wiggly chair helps you yeah. okay let's do well, it you, you know, know it's funny you mentioned the wiggly you, chair you're about to say it i'm about to say it jackson we've set up his room a space in his room where um that's his workstation for school okay. you know because we wanted to mimic the classroom so i literally got him a desk and i got him this like swivel chair you know okay. it's blue mm-hmm. and it goes up and down and it swiv- <laughs> swivels right so at random points during the, day, During the day, we'll be downstairs in the kitchen or whatever. He's in his room concentrating. And then we'll hear like a boom or like a crash. And we're just like, what the hell is going on up there? I'm like, it's not gym class. I don't know I what he's know doing. What experience. He's like falling out of the chair or he's spinning or he's just doing something. The chair is broken now, Rima. Oh, no. The whole yes. back of the chair has fallen <laughs> off. The screws are everywhere. He's been like. And he's oh, just, you know, and yeah. now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah. that's, that's Jackson. That's but this is the crazy doing. thing. Academically, he's through the roof. Mm-hmm. And athletically, he's just, he excels athletically. But go. if he were in a class setting and kept moving, you know what they'd say? Yeah. He has a behavioral issue and, you know, yeah. he needs to go see someone about it because he won't sit still. That right. was my brother, Brian. Mm-hmm. And I got the, I got in trouble for the same thing. Deval won't be quiet. He mm-hmm. won't sit still. Mm-hmm. And I, I worry that he's going to get to a point where they're like, well, he needs medication. Because no, no, when no, I worked no. with... No. I worked with a ton of middle school kids for the past 10 years, and there's always a point when they get to about seventh grade where we see young black boys in particular where it's like, oh, he needs medication. He has ADD or ADHD. Mm -hmm. And their parents will bring him to us at Prototype and be like, well, before we do this, can you guys work with him and see what it is? Mm -hmm. So we give them a a workout regimen for them to do at home Mm -hmm. and for them to do with us. Mm -hmm. And we've noticed that their behavior calms down when they work out. Right. So can you talk a little bit about how movement just helps? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, proprioception is like mm. the main modulator of everything, right? Like mm. uh, we always consider it like when everything fails, use probe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically muscle activity, which is what you're saying. Muscle activity, whether it's pushing something heavy, whether it's, um, you know, doing any climbing activities, mm-hmm. things that really incorporate muscle strength and muscle activity is a modulator. So if a person is super high aroused and unable to pay mm-hmm. attention or low arousal and needs a little push, it's always a good idea to incorporate probe. And that is something you see as well from an athletics perspective. I feel like DeVal is like the poster child for that. Because if this guy is go. not pushing a weight or lifting, you know, a, a barbell, he can't cannot focus. focus. No, seriously. It's like he literally has seriously. to be yeah. moving every in day. order to be calm. I'm yeah. at your house every day with your husband. Every day I, I have to lift weights. <laughs> if I don't lift yes. weights, my, and the thing about it, think mm-hmm. about how productive I've been since I started lifting weights every day going to Slick's house. Yeah. Think Maybe about how much we've gotten done. <laughs> I, lifting weights for me has been like the, because even mm-hmm. before we started going to lift weights, I was running, mm-hmm. but I didn't have anything heavy in my house. Mm-hmm. So I felt restless. Right. Once I'm done lifting weights in the morning, I'm, I'm oh, like, oh, you can lift me, boo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a yeah, weight You got to weight on you. Like, don't, don't. You said that with a little bit too much conviction <laughs> and passion for my life. It's the type okay. of weight I like, baby. It's quarantine weight. It's the type of weight I <laughs> Just like. Just let's be clear. I'm not complaining about that wagon you're dragging. <laughs> No. It's dragging, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get some squats in so we can stand up. Um, so, Rima, yeah. for new parents, um, because we have many people who follow that are yes. around the millennial age range, either yes. have children, thinking of having children. Mm-hmm. For new parents, at what age should they start to look for the signs during this um, developmental process that may or may not be an issue for their children? And 
second part, it's a two-part question. Should parents look for different signs between boys and girls? Yeah, that's a huge question. Uh, I mean, that for that, I would say there are studies that say, you know, boys um, uh, develop gross motor skills faster and girls develop fine motor skills faster. Or boys mm. are and what's less the communication. Um, gross motor and fine motor. So mm. um, fine motor, like writing or doing anything. Girls with, are better at that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So studies yeah. have shown this. Um, I feel like all children develop on their own trajectory. And okay. I do believe that there is, you know, some some truth to that but mm -hmm. at the same time um i wouldn't say that would be the the thing to think about i think it would be really looking at milestones when it comes to um autism specifically which people with with children with sensory processing issue a lot of times have i mean autism. they do go kind of you know hand, they, there are sensory processing disorders on their own but mm -hmm. then there's also autism linked uh, sensory processing disorders and then to just look for the communication like do they pay attention? Do they look at you in the eyes? Do mm -hmm. they pay focus and eye attention? Um, giggles, laughs. Are they socially kind of communicating with you? Mm -hmm. Are they waving bye bye? Are they right. clapping when they do something good? This They're is as young as social. seven months, eight months. I believe so. Yeah, like yeah. around eight, nine, right. eight yeah. months and above, nine months and above. Even tracing, like the baby yeah. looking back and forth, that's something that happens yeah. mm -hmm. at a couple months. Pointing to things. It's their nonverbal social mm -hmm. communication skills. So okay. you should definitely be looking for that, but. I know that the pediatricians do the MCHAT, I believe, um, which is a series of questions um, around 18 months, I want to think. I'm not a pediatrician, so I don't know. But around right. that time, um, uh, they'll do the MCHAT, and that's that's a, also a big, a big one uh, in terms of an assessment. But yeah, if you see any concerns, if you see mm -hmm. anything that you find is a little bit strange or odd, I would always go to the pediatrician and ask for, um, you know, for advice on how to proceed. And if it is a sensory issue, then I would always say, you know, uh, approach an OT. So if a child is sus uh, suspected to have autism, autism. for example, um, it would be an assessment from an OT at first? It is would that be typically what happens? It would be from the pediatrician first. Okay. A pediatrician would screen it. Okay. Um, and then they would go on to refer you, whether it's to a developmental pediatrician or whoever else that they would, but we, we would get the referral after that. So the gotcha. developmental pediatrician or the pediatrician would refer. That. I know that it's been heavily debated where autism or any of these um, the behavioral um, issues or, or you know problems maybe arise, and I know that there's probably certain risk factors that maybe start as early as when a woman is pregnant, or not. Um, I thought you was going to ask about the vaccines because now. Well, that's part of it. You know, okay. we're, that's a big um, hot button topic now. Cause I know you're an OT, but the I don't MM know if that's the MMR vaccine. I mean, there's no. There's no real justification. I mean, I know mm. people feel strongly about vaccines, but yeah, that's sometimes people are really either on yeah. board about it or so not. So, what, what do you think? There are. I don't. I don't believe that there's a strong link based on research. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that there's a strong link to the MMR um, gotcha. vaccine. But okay. I do understand the concerns, and I do yeah, understand absolutely. every parent's concern is warranted. Mm -hmm. Everybody's concern. Um, That's it, the concern for the COVID vaccine now because oh, we're like, yeah. we don't want to be the first to try it. And right. if you have young kids that yeah. have to go back to school, I'm not going to just let you stick my kid with a needle and we don't know what the long-term right. effects right. are. Right. Um, so. There's no like bulletproof, clear-cut like reason or mm -hmm. um, explanation as to how autism appears, right. uh, mm -hmm. which is you know, concerning. It's, kind of it's concerning. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you feel like if there was a way that we can combat this, you do it. Yeah. And we'd be doing it as early as maybe yeah. when you're pregnant, because you can relate to this now as a mom, um, I'm sure, uh, Rima, in that you try to do everything perfect while you're pregnant. Like you follow all the rules. Yeah. Don't eat this. Yeah. Do that. Yes. Take your prenatal. Yeah. Do that. And then you just ultimately pray for a healthy baby mm -hmm. that will grow to be an amazing person. And totally. you just never know some of the factors that may you know, impede yeah. the progress yeah. or slow things down. So, yeah. Well, do you think that autism has was something that always existed, but now we just have ways to diagnose it, so it's become a little bit more of a hot button topic now? I believe that we've definitely improved the ability to diagnose it. Yeah, right. and the ability to to find out that okay, this this child definitely is showing symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have that before, mm -hmm. or, you know. Uh, so, yes, I definitely think it contributes for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that's a good thing because then now right. you have an earlier chance of finding what we need to work on and how and we can be yeah, and yeah. how we can get in there from a young age.
I feel like we may know some people who now in our adult life is just like, oh, such and such was just kind of socially awkward growing up. Right. But then as an adult, you may be like, wait, maybe he might have, you know, been autistic and we just right. didn't right. know. And there is a spectrum. So there's, there is a you spectrum, know, right. um, so high functioning sure. versus low. Because yeah. I know yeah. some high functioning people now who I think may have been autistic, but some people just crazy. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> Sometimes I, I look at my wife. It. Sometimes no. I look at my wife, and I'm just like, mm, you know, she may be on the spectrum. <laughs> that decision she made, you really needed to buy all them shoes. No, you needed to buy. That Listen, was a that's poor the decision. Way I deal with what sense is that, Remo? <laughs> <laughs> the monetary. It's probably sense. like a fifth sense, uh, eighth sense that I don't know exists. That's that I definitely sense. have. That's C E N T S. That's the sense you be spending sense. a lot of sense and making <laughs> no sense. That's yes. so. Um, the Americans Association of uh, School Administrators conducted a survey of more than 500 uh, superintendents across the country in June mm. when asked what they struggled to provide um, as schools switch to distance learning. The number one response was uh, special education systems. This so is huge. That's, that's is huge, huge because yeah. you think about parents who uh, not only have to work and try to provide a life for these children, but mm. then don't even know how to adequately um, special for special needs. Yeah, yeah particularly Absolutely. special needs. How are they um, mm. working with their children now with limited resources? So 83% of superintendents said that they were finding it hard to do. So where many people may have had, you know, a place to bring their child who was special needs or had maybe an right. attendant that came in. Mm-hmm. Now they don't have they anything. Don't have that, because schools provided that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, how far of a setback is this for children? You figure it's only been a couple months, like we said, it feels like a year. But how do you see an impact in how this is going to affect children long term, having had this situation that we're in for the past few months? Absolutely. And I is feel some like of that going to be corrective later? Or, like, I almost feel like our, this, this generation of children who are school age are set back so far. Right. No, I feel like a lot of our kids, even because of COVID, were afraid to come back into the clinic and they were. Mm-hmm you know, struggling with some serious, um, you know, sensory concerns and seeing them now as they're more likely to come back into the clinic, it's, mm. you obviously will feel, you see a complete digression. Yeah, yeah. Like now we have to kind of, you know, work harder. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is, it is, I would suggest if your child is in OT or has been in OT to get them back in OT as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for us, we've taken huge measures of uh, being very safe with the following the CDC guidelines and making right. sure everything's sanitized. But um, and I know most clinics that I know of are as well. Um, mm-hmm. So getting back into the sessions is most helpful because, yeah, just leaving it to, you know, ma- watching all of that progress all of a sudden start to, to you know, decline. To decline yeah. is, is, it being a whole setback. You know what I would tell parents? Um, and we do this with our boys and we were doing this before distance learning started. We always incorporate physical activity, but also arts and craft. Because mm-hmm. we have our youngest son, Kaz, and Kaz is very different mm-hmm. than the other boys. Mm-hmm. But Kaz loves to feel. Mm-hmm. Like, he loves to play in the dirt. He, he loves sand. He loves water. Yeah. So we feel like we always wanted to make that part of his routine. Because when he's able to do those things, he then feels better afterwards you know so Mm -hmm. we try to make sure that arts and craft is always an important part play-doh he loves play-doh he loves play-doh i have to watch him so he doesn't eat it however (laughs) 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 he likes to experiment with it he's eating everything everything. but it's it's amazing because parents with multiple children you have to now evaluate each child and that's why we Mm -hmm. talk about how important it is Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're engaging with each child on a certain level so that way you know what to look for absolutely and each child is a unique case especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to ot you know Mm -hmm. um there's not one answer for all it's very Mm -hmm. much specific to the child and the child's specific needs from a sensory perspective for sure so that's why the evaluation from an ot is always the most important part because then mm. you'll get the specific response for that child or the specific treatment. Right. Well, goal. I also know that every family can't afford an OT. So are there certain things yeah. that a family, yeah. like if you can give some advice to a family mm. that has children who are middle school, elementary, that you feel like, listen, this child may have a case. Yeah, where yeah. are the resources but we can, that yeah, they What can are find? the resources or what could they do at home to help? Um. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the virtual stuff and when it comes to 
focus and attention, I would say just prioritize getting all of those little sensory gadgets. Mm -hmm. um, whatever your child may be seeking, uh, whatever sensory um, output they're experiencing or they're needing, just facilitate that. Okay, if you mm -hmm. can't sit still, let's do exactly what you guys were pretty much doing. Yeah. You know, let's facilitate what we can to make sure our child is able to focus and pay attention. But no, ultimately, uh, if you're below the age of three, the regional center services are free. Okay. So okay, that's okay. good to know. A lot good of people know, don't yeah. know that. Regional yeah. center. So if you contact your nearest regional center and say, I think my child is having these concerns, could you please evaluate? Um, they should be able to guide you in the right directions. And then also um, from that point on into the school district as well. Mm. I mean, I know black people that's... fear getting their children evaluated because they fear yeah. the, the label. label. Yeah. You know, the label is tough yes, for black people. Absolutely. And a lot of the parents we dealt with didn't want to get their kid even. But how, talk about how important it is mm. to get their children evaluated. Even even if so. And a lot of the times, it's not even a label that you'll get. A lot of the times, it's more so, okay, there's some sensory concerns here that we can work with. And, you know, we work with it. But it's, it's, it's more detrimental for the child if they don't, if they have autism or they have uh, right. uh, something that is needs to be labeled right. and they don't get it to them until later then they've right, just right, right. really really done a disservice to their child so i would suggest and, and and a lot of the times it's also not um you know it's not autism it's possibly a sensory processing concern or mm. something that Which we can work important. with in in the clinic that's not you know um so stigmatized right but it's Ooh, doing it's more of a that's, yeah it's that's the stigma what it, it's around the stigma it. around or the, it. The, the, yeah, yeah the stigma around the label it's almost like someone going to seek therapy you know right just something as simple as that there's a stigma around therapy it's yeah. like oh you're not right in your head if you have to go speak to someone about the way you're feeling especially in the black community but for sure that needs to change because yes. if you don't if you don't get the help you're doing the bigger the bigger disservice to your loved ones to yourself to mm -hmm. your children the disservice is coming on in a higher level than than just living with it and acting right. like everything yeah. is perfectly fine. Um, and it'll catch up to you especially, in the end. Yeah, especially when you know that a lot of this can be corrected. Uh, early I know. On. So if you wait yeah. until 15 to get a diagnosis, well, yeah. we could have done so much more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so what's the point in... I understand the stigma and I understand the reasons behind being scared, but I encourage um, parents... Um, to to do the right thing by their child and and get the necessary diagnosis if needed. Yeah. Um, but evaluation. I would encourage the same thing because um, the stigma comes from a lack of trust that black people have for healthcare professionals, uh, specifically if they don't look like them. Right. So a lot of the black moms and dads that we had come through uh, prototype was like, I'll take him to go see someone. But they got to be black mm -hmm. because, you know, yes. if you don't understand black culture, if you don't understand black people, yeah. when you look at things, you look at things through a lens that everything they do is wrong. Right. Or anyway. almost feeling like you want someone Absolutely. who can relate to your particular struggles or right. traumas that you may have had to endure. Absolutely. Same thing with a, um, a, a midwife. When I was seeking a midwife, yeah. I was like, let me find the blickety blackest one that I could find <laughs> right. because yeah. I'm right. like, she's going to understand that black women are dying, <laughs> you know, through, during childbirth. Right. Right. You know, black babies are dying at a way faster rate than, than right. our white counterparts right so i think that's super important and, and and i mean do you see diversity in your field i do absolutely yeah. a lot of a lot of incredible um african-american ot's that we have a lot of doctors of ot a, a lot of people doing amazing amazing things in the field so we got um, no excuses no people. we got no excuses <laughs> no excuses definitely a friend of mine um found out that her son was autistic very early on and i applaud her because she has been super involved and invested in making sure he has every resource mm -hmm. available they're yep. based in new york okay. um so she said that she was just surprised at how many you know available resources were literally oh, at her fingertip sure. yeah when you research she, showed, she posted a, a, her son's schedule like on a on a the weekly schedule and he had this therapy that person this person you know literally every person was in a time slot to ensure mm -hmm. that he was getting the total right. package right. and help that he needed and I really applauded her and I, I I was happy that she was letting people know because like we yeah. said with the stigma she could have been like well no. I'm not going to show my baby as much because he is autistic right. instead mm -hmm. she's empowering people to speak up about it Love you know that. and in inspiring people to say yeah. you know what get your yeah. child checked out if you see something right. is not you know Absolutely. normal and many times it is a collaborative collaborative effort you know mm -hmm. it is the OT the PT the speech mm -hmm. speech language pathologist it, it is a whole bunch of people working together to to help this child 
you know, live the best life possible and as independently as possible. Yeah. And you see a huge difference from kids we've seen. We've had children that have been with us since a few months old, mm. um, now, you know, a few years old. And you see a huge, huge significant growth and difference if parents are consistent with going to therapy, showing up, so making important. the effort, yeah. doing important. what they need to do. If a parent is inconsistent, you will also see the change. You'll, you'll see that in, in, yeah. in, the, in the therapy results. Mm-hmm. Is that frustrating for you um, oh, as God. an OT? Like if you see a child who has the potential oh. to be so much farther along. So frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating. So many times we do see kids who yeah. need the therapy so desperately and parents are like, oh, well, you know, I've got this. Or, oh, they don't under, I, don't, I think they misunderstand OT because mm-hmm. they don't understand that through the guise of play, there's a lot going on. Right. And in their mind, it's like, okay, they're just playing. I don't know. So with this book, I kind of wanted to shed light on the fact that Yes, we are doing play-like activities, but if you understand the senses, if you understand, understand through a story-like perspective, mm-hmm. you know, um, what could be happening with your child and mm-hmm. how you could be fixing it and how we are actually working on these things in the clinic, then maybe you'll give it a little bit more of an understanding of, okay, I need to put emphasis. A lot of the times they'll be like, oh, speech is more important, speech is more important. It's like, absolutely, speech is important, but right. there's a huge component here in OT that you're missing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it in the child. You see the child not reaching the max potential in that. Is there a link between sensory um, issues and or the approach that you take as an OT and like the Montessori method? Because I know that Montessori, yeah, the Montessori learning method, method is, is a lot of play-based. Yes. Play yeah. play For us at first, I was kind of like, they play all day? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, I think you could play at home. Like, yeah. <laughs> why am I yeah. paying you $1,500 yeah. a month to play? <laughs> um, and right. then we kind of like bought into the sauce at one point uh, with Cairo for a little bit. He wasn't yeah. feeling that particular school mm-hmm. in particular, but I know that there's some amazing yeah. people who have sent children, sent yeah. their children to Montessori schools for I years like, and, yeah. and yeah. they saw mm-hmm. amazing um you know, amazing results, results with their right. children. So is there a direct link, you think, between, like, the sensory Montessori method? Yeah, I mean, it's this, there is, I'm sure, sensory perspectives in the Montessori method, Montessori being the educational component and sensory mm-hmm. processing be, being more of a, you mm-hmm. know, a medically driven mm-hmm. uh, product. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, I mean, I'm sure they incorporate. I was in, went to Montessori as a child myself, and okay. they do oh, wow. incorporate a lot of sensory activities into it. And there is a, I guess, a kind of link but right. they're two very they're they're still two separate two components. Separate. Well we grew up in the exact opposite of Montessori. We Thanks. were in school where you had to sit your ass <laughs> down. We did. Do not if you were fidgeting you would get hit with a ruler. Yeah. Which now mm-hmm. I'm starting mm-hmm. to think about how many mem- think about how many behavioral issues there were in Bethlehem. We were abused. There were a lot of kids. <laughs> now that I think about we it. Were. We oh my were, goodness. You, you know better now, you do better. Yeah, but, corporal um, punishment was a thing in the school. Mm-hmm. Deval and I went to the same elementary yeah. school. He stayed mm-hmm. for a couple years. I stayed throughout the entire um, elementary and like junior high school phase of life. But And the people who were able me... to, to thrive in there were super successful. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of people who left Bethlehem. And, and now that I think about it, you never gave them a chance to work through their... Sensory issues, if they had, you considered it was... Oh, my goodness. It it was was, the actual opposite. It was. Do not move. If you move, you get popped with the ruler. Yeah, children that moved or spoke out of turn or Mm -hmm. anything, there was, like, a consequence for Mm -hmm. that. And I will couple it by saying that there was a lot of love in that school, too. Absolutely. As as hard as it may seem, you know. But um, there was a lot of love in that school as well and a genuine care for the child. But I also... We spoke about Mm -hmm. generational traumas and, like, how we came to... Um, pass down these ways of child rearing that they deemed yeah. necessary at the time when mm-hmm. it years ago like mm-hmm. you know you got to keep a black child in line by like beating them and making sure that they know there's consequences for their action so I never want to say that we were in a very hostile environment no. at that time we're but both there was as a successful as we are because in part because of Bethlehem Baptist Academy yeah right. but I do also understand that there are certain things that I allow Jackson to do because I've learned better that my mom would have never allowed yeah. me to do. For yeah. example, they, my mother would have got me a chair that does not turn, does not swivel, <laughs> the back cannot move. I would not have any toys. No devices. No devices, no phones. But Jackson gets to sit at his laptop right. with his device, with his toys, in a chair that moves right. because it allows him to find a way to focus. That was the exact opposite. I would have been in a, a all-white room mm-hmm. with one chair and a notebook. And just had, you know, just had to work like that. Yeah, and that's why I feel like it's so important to provide the education and the awareness. Absolutely. Because then other parents will also start to see things the way you do. And other teachers will start to see things the way you do and start to understand, okay, there's more to this. Right. 
and there's uh, better ways that we can handle this for the development That's, of the child. Yeah. And it's absolutely. important now, especially with so much distant learning. But um, yeah. Rima, you don't have to run, right? Because we have to do listener letters. But before we do listener letters, we have to take a quick break. Okay. So you go, no, right? No, I'm cool. Yay. That's okay, good. Cool. We love so, to get an expert perspective on uh, yes. what people write in. So, okay. yeah, we'll come back after we uh, pay some bills. Pay some like bills because y'all seen Kay likes to spend all these cents. Shake spends all these cents. So. Val thinks that I lack common sense, but I really don't. I just like spending cents. As long as it's a deal, though. It's going to go pay deal. these bills so I can just pay for whatever <laughs> it is that she just described just now. We'll be back. We'll be right back. listen to letters. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here... They're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushion. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today. Told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we back. I went and paid mad bills. I went and stripped, too, so I can help, you know, cover whatever the lack is. I got to make ends meet. Got to make ends clearly, meet. All right? Clearly. So, uh, did so, you did something strange for a little change. I had to with the way you spend money. But um, <laughs> we right. are back now. We got listening letters. Like, like I said before, we have Rima Naeem with us. Dr. 
you doctor. Keep, you keep leaving off the doctor. Uh, yeah. but my good, my good sis no. has been in school for mad years. Anybody okay. who go to school for nine years <laughs> deserves to be called doctor. Absolutely. Because I did four and it felt like woo, <laughs> woo. All right. So uh, we are back with Dr. Ne- uh, Rima Naeem, and we're going to answer these listener letters. We have one today. I'm going to start <clears throat> reading out loud. <laughs> I am a married mom. Not me. She is. With two sons and a daughter, ages 7 through 12, even when school was operating normally, advocating for our children could be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Now with virtual learning, what tips would you have for parents on how to best advocate for your child and ensure that their needs are being met. Rima, you know, Rima loves to advocate for X, and X is only eight months. She better be his best advocate, I would hope so. Especially when they are a creative, active child that learn best through creative and in-person interaction. How do we advocate for these children during this time? I mean, I would suggest contacting and reaching out to the schools. I know that it's difficult, I know it's hard, but reaching out to them and just advocating for, you know, any kind of aid or any kind of Mm -hmm. help that you can get within the home system. I do know of some parents who have been able to get help. Mm -hmm. Is this locally? Is this from California? Um, She doesn't say exactly where we are, but if if they are in California, then... Yeah, I believe that there are ways to go around it. I know it's difficult. I know the school district and everything is a really hard process. I can totally sympathize with that. But I would suggest continuing to advocate as much as you can and trying to reach out and trying to get you know, as much, um, uh, you know, as many resources as you can to get an aid or to get some kind of help within the home system yeah. to help. I agree. You know what I would do? I, I already know what Kay would do because it wouldn't what? even be me. She would be on it. But Kay is not afraid of moving our children, especially with remote learning. You can remote learn with any school and any curriculum. Mm-hmm. So if that curriculum does not fit with your child, hey, you know what? I may have to remove my child from the situation right. and try to find yeah. a remote learning curriculum that works yep. with, with helps them moving forward. Yeah, that's I what mean, I would do. Because, you know, as much as I, I don't like to be, it has a negative connotation, helicopter parent or like being over your child. For me, it's not about being a helicopter mom. It's about being involved. Like there's a difference, you know totally. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And knowing what I'm looking for with my child. Us moms, dads, we know our children best. Right. Yes. So Absolutely. if you see that there's a deficit or you know that something may impede their progress, I'm I'm the queen of pivoting and just yeah. pulling them from whatever it needs to, and then finding the resources. Yeah. So one thing I know is what I don't know. Mm-hmm. So if I don't know something, I'm the first to try to find resources or asking, um, you know, friends, asking right. an expert, asking a friend who may know somebody who knows somebody and right. getting a referral that way. Right. And I mean, there's levels to needs that children have that need to be met. Um, for us, the simplest thing so far, just to even get that in-person interaction for the children together, is just creating a safe space of families who we know have yeah. been, you know, yeah. quarantining, you have been laying yeah. low. Right. Your kids haven't been in school. My kids haven't been in school. So right. definitely have ha- found know, that community. We yeah. found, our community found our community where we feel mm-hmm. safe because we yeah. definitely don't take COVID lightly. So there's a certain community where we say, okay, y'all have been at home. We've been at home for the most part. We can then get our children together and then create small playgroup environments where the kids can get together and play Absolutely. safely. Absolutely. You know, I think that's very necessary. Jackson says he misses the interaction that he used to have with his classmates, and I get it. Yeah, and I mean, we've not been through this before, so we don't know what the long-term situation is going to be. Everything is so up in the air, and so, Mm -hmm. you know, so it is important to make sure that you're giving them similar activities or similar things that they were doing beforehand, but in a safe space, in a safe, controlled space. I will say this, too. I'm going to look at the camera directly when I say this. Right? <laughs> for all the parents who are now advocating for their kids. Advocating with an ad- R. Advocating, right? <laughs> you said something that I would, I would challenge. You said that we know our kids best. I challenge that because these kids spend six to eight hours with these teachers mm-hmm. every day. And I hear a lot of my friends and other people saying on social media, all that stuff I was saying about my son when he was acting crazy (laughs) and I was telling the teacher that I know my child. I do not know Know this person (laughs) because I've been in the house with them for four months now. So it's like, who am I stuck at home with? Because this is not the child I was advocating for before. And they're behaving the way the (laughs) teacher said they were behaving in class. And of course, your children act completely different around you than they act around their classmates and their teachers. So... Um, I would say to parents, give grace to educators mm-hmm. when we're going through this as well because educa- educators are also learning how to maneuver through COVID. So even though you want to ad- advocate 
as much <laughs> as possible. Give grace and allow it to work itself out a little bit before you jump the gun. That's true Absolutely. because I'm definitely a gun jumper. And <laughs> yeah, you are. I'll be the one to be like, uh, no, <laughs> I know that my son is not capable of this. And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, kids, you know. These kids just surprise us every day. But, I, yeah. you know, when I did say that, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what that, you mean, yeah. Yeah, I like that you like to play devil's advocate. But it's just like we I have that to. maternal instinct to know when something is wrong or not. So Absolutely. go with your gut, I would say, no? And, and I think yes. as parents now, especially when you're watching your children in um, these home settings, realizing and learning and understanding that if you're seeing things that are out of the norm for you, if you think this is something that's different, um, if they're, you know, uh, behaving, um, you know, uh, where they can't focus, they can't mm -hmm. pay attention, they're super, super, you know, all over the place, and you never knew this about your child before because you weren't in this position with them, right. that is what I think is important to take that and realize, okay, yes. maybe, it, you know, this isn't behavior, I don't need to yell at him, or, right. or get at, you know, maybe there is something else happening here, and just to keep that in mind, um, and not to be so quick to jump and be like, oh, my kid is... You know? And she took my moment of truth. That we we do a moment of truth oh, at no. the end, but that was perfect. That though. was like a, a, a no. That's a nice segue to moment of truth. So that yeah, was exactly. <laughs> it's pretty much like what we've taken yeah. away from this okay. show because we love for people to have takeaways. Like what can we gather yes. from the conversation? So right. usually we sum up the end of the show with a moment of truth. So oh, yeah. we might as well segue in it since yes. you know you threw me <laughs> the assist. Devout, no, go yeah. dunk that yeah. shit now. Go dunk that nah, shit. No, I mean my yeah. my moment of truth. Even last night I created a post before you came here and that oh. said that um. Just because your child won't sit still doesn't mean they have a behavioral issue. Mm. We need to investigate what other options we have before we just throw medication and labels at them. Go see it. someone and mm -hmm. see if there's something else going on. Right. You know, and that, mm -hmm. that was it. Like, mm -hmm. they, they, he may still have a behavioral issue, right. but he or she may not. Yeah. So before we just run there, mm -hmm. let's try to exhaust all options. And this, to me is a viable option because I've seen sensory issues with kids for mm -hmm. over the past decade mm -hmm. solve a lot of problems on kids who are both medicated and unmedicated. So right. Dope. And I'm an advocate for that. Also, just to find, just to say this, if you do see these sensory issues or sensory concerns and they're not impeding your child's daily life, your child is completely learning and going to school fine and, you know, it's minor. Um, you know, it's okay. It's not mm -hmm. something to say, oh my God, my child is, you know, itching because they have a sweater on. Right. This is something I need to be concerned with. I know I'm super, mm -hmm. um, you know, aware and hyper, mm -hmm. um, Aware There's nothing of worse that than sequins under the armpit. Yeah. Have you ever worn a dress like a yeah. cloth yeah, top? Yeah, sequins under when my the armpit. When the sequins under the armpit, yeah. it'd be all itchy and it gives you a whole um, rash. But situation. just know that as long as it's not impacting daily right. life, as long as it's not impacting their daily function. life, they can yeah. still function. They're okay. You know, mm -hmm. then you know, right? It's fine. Don't all y'all flood. Uh, Remus Page now. Like, know. my child can't sit still. <laughs> I put him in wool. Like. It has to be something that's affecting the child from actually. Well, if you're going to flood uh, Remus Page. Yeah, tell us where we can find you. Flood her uh, page for this amazing book here. First of all, I love that the cover is super attractive yeah. and colorful. Yeah. Diverse characters, okay? Yes. I yes. feel like many children can look and see someone who potentially looks, looks like a little them. bit yeah. like them. You know what I mean? Boy or girl. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. And I love that this is to your son. Yeah, uh, we yes. dedicated our book to our three boys too. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So tell everybody. Oh, my, I didn't so. do my moment of truth. I just thought about it because oh. I just remembered. Well, my, it's real quick. Um, <laughs> we we are mm -hmm. in a temporary situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm putting it out there. This is in the interim. As much as we need grace, we need to give our children grace. Mm -hmm. Give them a space to feel as if they can be themselves. And right. in being themselves, I think that really brings us down to the core of then assessing what potentially may be a deficit or a behavioral issue or a sensory issue yes. or whatever the case may be. Um, but just really trying to clock in as a parent and see, okay, what exactly may be triggering this? Mm -hmm. Is this just something, something temporary like the time that we're in because of the situation that we're in where children True. are at home? Is it something that will likely go back to normal once we have our normal back? Right. Mm -hmm. So just give our children grace as much as we would expect that as adults mm -hmm. because I feel like sometimes as parents or as adults, we tend to be like, well, sit still, do that. But, you know, right. we're giving our kids orders all the time where if we just kind of take a step back and just say, you know what? Honey, I understand that this is like yeah. a really, yeah. you know, strange situation that we're in. I would love for you to be in school with your friends. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to have this particular, you know, playroom or classroom mm -hmm. setting. Right. Um, just letting them yeah. be and then moving from there. Because it is a huge change for them. And yeah. realizing yes. as much as it's affecting you, it's 
really, really them. That is yes. Man, that man, is I got my days where I'm just trying to keep it together. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. All right, Rima. So, Dr. Rima Naeem, tell everyone where they can find you, where yes. they can find your book. The um, This is the first book in a series, um, and it's called The Adventures of Senso Kids. And it's basically the Senso Kids who are four sensory characters that represent the sensory systems we work with. Mm-hmm. And they're like mini OTs. So the nice. f- we basically educate parents on the senses, and then we have a story. This one is focused on the tactile sense mm. of a child who's having a hard time um, adequately processing tactile information and how she calls on the Senso kids. They magically appear, and they pretty much do activities we would do in the clinic, but home-based activities. Oh, that's nice. Um, oh, this that is Dr. Rima. Doesn't, doesn't she look just like her? <laughs> <laughs> So they call yeah. on Dr. Rima to then, so or she calls she, on the Senso kids. She's pretty much the, the narrator, and she starts off basically explaining what the senses are. Ah. Then we go into introducing ah. the Senso kids, so you know who the Senso kids are, and then we go into the story. This is nice. very in-depth. I nice. love it. It's so, so pretty. And at the end, there's a too. parent-teacher education page, which explains in a little more complicated language mm-hmm. um, what the character in the story was dealing with and how the Senso kids helped her and oh, why those it. activities were helpful for her. Oh, I love and that. The first is um, the touch sense and then we're going to come out with more on the vestibular and the probe and the other senses yes. to give That's a little dope. bit more education. The senses well. that I found out about today. Yeah. Okay. You was today years old. I was today years old, yeah. Well, where can they yeah. find you on social media, oh, at, Dr. Rima? At OT Studios LA. Fabulous. Yep. So you got all yes. the tea right there. Sounds good. All right now. And uh, be sure to find us on social media, y'all. Deadass the podcast on Instagram. Yes. And Kadeen I am. And I am DeVal. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Dr. Rima, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. All right, we'll see you. I'll be there pushing weights tomorrow morning. Yes, I I know. Because what sense is that again? Proprioception. 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 See, I'm going to start using that in my everyday language. Push the weight, baby. Push the weight. There you go. Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.